You're listening to the Carterville Church Life Podcast. I love our church family, and I hope that you do too. Our goal is that the episodes of this podcast would keep us connected and focused while we're scattered for our week on missions together. I hope that you're blessed by what you hear today. Hey, church family. Thanks so much for tuning into the podcast. I am thrilled to have you. So the next few podcasts are going to be set apart, kind of a special series, and I'm thrilled to be able to share them with you. I'm recording from New Orleans. I'm at my alma mater, New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary, and I am sitting with one of my professors from years gone by, Dr. Bob Stewart. Dr. Stewart, thank you for being with us. Thanks for having me. So Dr. Stewart and I are going to be tackling a couple of the questions. My role will be to ask questions. His will be to provide the expert answer. But Dr. Stewart's going to help provide some fantastic answers to many of the big questions that we have as we engage our mission field again. We're going back to school, and we're going to be surrounded by friends who have a different worldview and big questions, burning questions, about faith and life. And so I hope you'll stick around for this apologetic series on some of the big questions that we're engaging for our worldview. Dr. Stewart, quick introduction, if you will. So I know that you teach apologetics and philosophy and theology. You taught me philosophy and theology, but tell me just a little bit about your role at the seminary, and then we'll dive into question number one. Okay. Well, I, um, I've been here, I'm starting my 23rd year, and um, you and I came in 98. 98 was my first year to teach, and, um, and I am professor of philosophy and theology. That's the disciplines that uh, I was hired under. And uh, in the time we've been here, uh, we've developed, uh, started up the, the apologetics program. And so we offer a number of degrees in Christian apologetics. And uh, we offer undergraduate degrees, grad degrees, PhD uh, degree, that sort of thing. And um, apologetics entails any number of disciplines and, and then also I uh, team teach a couple of classes in New Testament and one in music. Well I appreciate you taking time to be with our church family today. So we're going to tackle big questions in small bites and the first question, the question that we want to ask today is hasn't science made Christian faith impossible? So Dr. Stewart I know that lots of our students as they go back to high school and to college they're going to interact with friends who have that uh, that view. How do we respond to that as believers? Great, great question. Um, one of the things that you, you do frequently hear that, and sometimes you don't hear it as a question. Hasn't it done this? You just hear it as, as an assertion. You have to choose between science and religion or between science and, and Christianity. And sometimes you'll hear things like uh, science deals with facts but religion deals with faith. And that's another way to say that science is about how the world really is and that, that religion is just about you and your imaginary friend or that sort of thing. And, and so uh, it's a subtle sort of objection to Christian faith. It doesn't come right out and say that, that Christianity's false, which was really where apologetics was when I became a Christian in the 70s, uh, I became a believer in my junior year of high school. And, uh, and then I went off to a state university and, and you hear, you heard that sort of thing. 
<clears throat> just people making objections outright to the truth claims of Christianity. And then when I was in my doctoral studies in the 80s and 90s, and um, <clears throat> you would hear things like uh, pluralism, that, um, that Christianity was just one way to look at it versus uh, you know, just any other number of ways. And, and nowadays, uh, you hear things like uh, Christianity's immoral. And we're going to take up some questions about the morality or the ethics of, of Christian belief, that sort of thing. But uh, it doesn't say that it's false, that Christianity's false. It just says Christianity's not objective. It's not scientific. And the implication is that scientific knowledge is the best kind of knowledge. And that whatever knowledge you can have through Christianity or philosophy or anything like that is second rate, if, if that. And uh, the question then that we need to raise, and, and I do believe in responding to questions with questions, is, is it true that science is the best way of knowing? Or uh, how do you know? How, why, why do you think? That, that science is a better way of getting at the truths of life than, than faith. And, uh, and, and so what, what we see is that when scientists or people that uh, place a lot of faith in science, and, and it, frequently it's not scientists who are saying this. Sometimes it is. Sometimes you have people like radical people like Richard Dawkins or, or uh, Sean Carroll saying this sort of thing. But... Uh, more often, you have non-scientists saying this sort of thing. Uh, but when scientists say this sort of thing, they've stopped doing science. And they've started doing a particular kind of philosophy, uh, which we philosophers call bad philosophy. <laughs> and uh, and so it's, it's not science that leads to the conclusion that the Christian faith is, is untrue or unreliable. It's more of a philosophy that we call scientism. And uh, scientism is an ideology that says that the scientific method applies to all disciplines, or that you can only know what the scientific method proves. Or in a weaker form, uh, it might say, well, there are things that you can know apart from science, but the things you can know that aren't scientifically, uh, that you don't gain through the scientific method, they're of less importance or they're less certain. And um, so then my, my response to somebody who has this idea is, is to ask the question, if it's true that you have to choose between science or Christianity, or if it's true that science is the only way to know something, or even if it's just true that science is the best way to know something, uh, we'd want to know that scientifically, right? So explain to me scientifically that why it's science rather than faith. Explain to me scientifically why science is the best way of knowing. And of course, that's an impossible task. You, you will search high and wide. Uh, you can read through every scientific journal in the world and never find an article on how science has disproved, through the scientific method, Christianity, or the resurrection of Jesus, or the possibility 
of miracles because those sorts of claims are not something that science can tell us. They're, they're the sort of things that, uh, that philosophy can tell us, but, but science is silent about. Now, the sad thing is that sometimes you hear this, this uh, kind of thing coming from the opposite direction, coming from fundamentalist Christians. Uh, they'll say, you have to choose between science and Christianity and choose Christianity. And, re and outright reject all scientific Right, right. Uh, or uh, a softer form of it would be accept some kinds of science that they think support their faith while okay. not accepting other sorts of legitimate science. And sadly, when Christians say this sort of thing, they're just doing the opposite, the mirror uh, image of, of uh, the scientific fundamentalism, which is scientism. It's not scientific, it's scientistic. Now they're coming at it uh, with a fundamentalist sort of, of belief. So they're doing bad theology rather than, than good theology. And uh, so then our response to them ought to be, well, if, if we really have to choose, if it's the Bible or science, <clears throat> show me in the Bible. Where it says to choose. Here, right? <laughs> Where you have yeah. to choose between science right. and scripture. <clears throat> and show me in the Bible that the Bible is the best source of information on nature. Uh, we are not going to find a vaccine for COVID-19 in the Bible. That's not why the Bible was given to us. Uh, now, I, I totally believe the Bible. I, I affirm the inerrancy, the inspiration, the infallibility of God's holy word, but uh, it's not going to be found in the Bible. It's going to be a product of science, and we will be grateful for it that God has created an orderly world that we can investigate using the minds that God has given us in a scientific way. Okay, uh, for instance, uh, Augustine uh, said this uh, in, in a little known book. Uh, he said, one does not read in the gospel that the Lord said, I will send you the paraclete who will teach you about the course of the sun and the moon. For he willed to make them Christians, not mathematicians. <laughs> and so, uh, so no matter who says this, it's a false dilemma that you have to choose between Christianity and science. So, science, it's a good gift that we have from God. And when it comes to understanding the nature of the universe, or the nature of a virus or a disease, that sort of thing, science is great to have. Uh, science does a great job of backwards engineering. Uh, but it would be silly to say something like Henry Ford uh, never existed because we can understand how a Model T works by backwards engineering. Right. And uh, Henry Ford gives us an explanation of an automobile in terms of agency and purpose and personality, while backwards engineering gives us an understanding of an automobile in terms of mechanism and law and process. And, and so uh, we really need to love science. More Christians should be involved in the sciences and, uh, 
And we need to appreciate it as something that God has given us as rational creatures made in his image. Um, For instance, um, there are areas that science does very well in, like engineering, like physics, like chemistry, but there are plenty of areas of life, and I would say the more important areas of life, that uh, science is clueless about. That if we're depending on science to explain these areas, then uh, we are, of all people, most to be pitied. Uh, One would be uh, the things that science can't account for. Science can't account for logical and mathematical truths. Science uses them. Science presupposes uh, them, uh, but they can't explain them. You know, why is it that everything that we can understand about our physical world, we can state mathematically? Now, when I say we, I don't mean you and me, but people with a sufficient <laughs> knowledge of mathematics can do this, this sort of thing. Or metaphysical truths. Uh, science can't tell us that the past is more than five minutes in length. Mm-hmm. Uh, science can't tell us that we're not in the matrix. Uh, that, that we're just not being deceived by an, by an evil computer uh, system that has generated an imaginary world. Uh, science can't tell us that, that things like the Nazis uh, experimenting on Jews or Jeffrey Dahmer killing and eating his neighbor were really wrong. Uh, and that uh, uh, science can't tell us that, uh, that the beautiful is beautiful. It can't tell us what the difference is between a painting by Picasso uh, or Van Gogh and my second grade finger paintings. Uh, but there is a difference. It can't tell us why Beethoven's music is, is better than Boxcar Willie's. Uh, <laughs> that sort of thing. Um, it, it, science can tell us about uh, the paints used, it can tell us about the canvas used, about the brush strokes that are being made, uh, but it can't find the beauty because the beauty doesn't reside within those things itself. In fact, science can't even, the scientific method can't justify the scientific method. And, and so uh, I think what we need to do is keep these, these good gifts from God uh, things that God has given us purely by his grace in their place. And uh, I, I have a quotation here from uh, Stephen Jones, who's a, is a professor of genetics at uh, University College London, and he's an atheist. And he says this, science cannot answer the questions that philosophers or children ask. Why are we here? What is the point of being alive? How ought we to behave? These questions may be interesting, but scientists are no more qualified to comment on them than is anyone else. So uh, it doesn't make science a failure uh, as a way of knowing, but it does limit it to a certain way of knowing, and it makes scientism a worldview that uh, no one should embrace because a worldview that can't answer questions like why is the good good? Why is the beautiful beautiful? Uh, Why does science even work is a woefully insufficient worldview. 
So, Doc, I just want to challenge our college students, our high schoolers, our families as they're going back to school. And we're, you know, you're going to engage this question, and a lot of time, a lot of the time, it you know revolves around evolution or other things. My family, we are a very science-minded family. My dad was a science teacher. My education at Mississippi State was to be a high school science teacher. So we, you know, we we're watching science, you know, all the time on television, Nova, and other, and I see. Uh, the competition of worldviews all the time because I'm in that stream. And I just want to speak to our high schoolers and our college students. You know, I hope that you've heard uh, Dr. Stewart well that, you know, science cannot disprove God um, and nor does the Bible attempt to disprove science. The two are, it's a false dilemma. You actually don't have to choose one or the other. Dr. Stewart, I'm in your debt. Um, I was at what you've called Defend the Faith. It's an apologetics uh, conference at New Orleans that you put together and you've hosted for years. By the way, I, I think it's fantastic. Our student pastor takes college students every year. And uh, this past year, in that conference, I was introduced to John Lennox and to his little book about science and faith. And I thought it was fantastic. I'd love to recommend. I wish I could remember the title. I bet you can so that I could recommend that book to our congregation. Do you remember the name of that book? Well, he's written a number of books on science. Uh, one of them is entitled, Has Science Killed God, I believe. He has another book on Stephen Hawking, a uh, little bitty book. He has another book entitled, Six Days That Divide the World, and uh, uh, which is about uh, specifically about Genesis. Uh, so I'm not really certain which. Uh, I wish I could remember it. And if you if you call the church and ask, I'll answer for you. Stroh's got a copy on his shelf. I'd be happy to tell you. He used an illustration, and I'll wrap up our podcast. I notice it we're at 17 minutes. Um, I'll wrap up our podcast with this. He used an illustration that I was, thought was phenomenal. So he's a British guy, mm-hmm. and he teaches at Oxford, mathematician. And he, you think about the culture in in you know, Britain. He's a tea drinker. And so he said, you know, there. I can give you two explanations for what's happening, you know, why I am making tea, why the tea is being made. You know, he says, on the one hand, you know, the, the heat is being exchanged to the bottom of the copper pot and the water is heating the molecules. And as the molecules of water, I mean, the heat is heating the water molecules. As the water molecules are heated, they expand. As they expand, they jostle against each other and begin to boil. Um, as, they, as, as that's poured over the tea, it begins to extract the molecules of tea. And soon enough, I'll have, I'll have the tea that I want to have. And he said, but there's a, that's a very good explanation. He said, but there's a second explanation. It's because I would enjoy a cup of tea. And I decided I wanted a cup of tea. <laughs> and he said, the two explanations are not contradictory. They both exist at the same time. That, to me, was a beautiful way to think about science and faith that we have a divine divine author of life and a father over us who who governs us and he's also given us a reasonable universe that can be studied and because of his natural laws and order science can be very productive but the two are not contradictory i just thought that was phenomenal yeah well the book that i was trying to think of is what's the name of it doc can science explain everything that's it i knew it came to you and so doc i want to thank you for being with us on this podcast i'd love to get a couple more questions in the days to follow so thanks a lot for your time great